the a style and a voice can be different. You know, I mean, you could have a specific voice that you can tie through in in a variety of ways. You know, like just your way of thinking can be that. That's your your style. You know. What's going on? You're listening to episode 60 of the Perspective Podcast, and I'm your host, Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective. This show is about carving out time to build something for yourself and about being open to seeing things from a different perspective. I want to share what is and isn't working for me along with my guest point of view. And two quick announcements right out of the gate for you. Uh, Coming up on February 23rd in North Carolina, I'm going to be speaking at AIGA Rally Thrive Conference. And if you're around that area, I highly recommend checking this out. It's going to be dope as hell. And Google AIGA Rally Thrive for more info, or you can register through the link of the show notes, which I'll mention here in a little bit. And you can now find the show on Spotify for you fancy folk out there who don't use Overcast or uh, iTunes, wherever. If you want to go through Spotify now, tell a family, tell your friends, use it yourself. Otherwise, just stick to where you're using it now. That's totally cool as well. But I'm really stoked that they accepted the show on there, so I'm going to be pushing that as well. All right, back to today's show. You are in for an absolute treat. I have a very special guest, and it is none other than the... Mark Canesso. And Mark operates under the name Paperwork Studio. Kill the vowels, just like Perspective Collective on Instagram. And not only does he run Paperwork Studio, but he also runs PS Type Lab, which is a type foundry and also a home for his products. And one of his products that I just got recently was the sweet Apple Pencil sticker wraps. I love them. This dude is a genius when it comes to products. Not only does Mark make amazing typefaces you can find on Adobe Typekit, but he's also made a name for himself pushing letters to the extreme. For real, check out his Instagram account over at Mark Canesso. Uh, this his his account will hurt your brain in all the right ways with his ambigrams, his encrypted messages, and just super wild experiments. And not only is he crazy talented, but he is a genuine down-to-earth guy who shows you the behind-the-scenes of his process, which I highly respect in people who do that. So a brief rundown, today's episode, Mark's going to give you a permission slip to constantly play, share unpolished work, break the rules, push the boundaries, create things you want to see in the world, and so much more. You can follow along and check out his work in anything we mentioned in the show notes over at perspective-collective.com slash 60. And if you think someone can find value in this episode, please give it a share on social media. It's because of your word of mouth that this show keeps growing and I'm crazy appreciative of it. You know that. Finally, a lot of people have been catching some inspiration from the show and they've been creating some work and tagging me over on Instagram. Well, if you tag Perspective Podcast on Instagram, I will happily share your work and give you a plug over there too. Let's get into the show. Today, I'm joined by typographic lettering sorcerer, Mark Canesso, and I've been trying to get him on the show for a while. We finally linked something up going into the holidays. I'm stoked we made this happen. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah. Uh, you're in Portland just, area? Yeah, I'm in Portland now. Uh, we've been here for about just over two years. Um, came from uh, before that we were in Hawaii for a year and a half. That's what your Skype and name then, says. That's why I was confused. Oh, does it still say that? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I but your Instagram that. says Portland, so. <laughs> yeah, well, it says, uh, my Twitter says Austin soon, because that's coming up next, so. Austin, Texas? Yeah. When's that? Uh, well, we go in uh, January to go look for a house, mm-hmm. and then we're going to move in, in the beginning of March. Austin's awesome. I'm a big fan of that, so. Um, here we go. This is what I'm talking about with the tangents. So let's just, <laughs> let's just dive right in. If you can give the audience like a quick, brief Wikipedia page summary about yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is Mark Canesso. I was born in 1979. I'll let you guys do the math on how old I am, because I think some people think I'm younger than I am, uh, probably just because the way I act. But uh, <laughs> uh, I grew up in Southern California. I went to Otis College of Art and Design, where I got uh, my BA in graphic design. And uh, I've just been working in type design and graphic design ever since. Mostly graphic design. I mean, that's where my that's where my career started. Um, working with uh, smaller agencies and um, and I've always done work even when I was do, had day job for like with a studio I always did uh, projects on the side and then it was like 2008 um, I actually was let go from my job that I had the company was basically folding it's like corporate I, yeah, it was just a, it was a smaller studio but they had a lot of real estate that yeah. didn't it all, it all bottomed out mm-hmm. so we, they lost all their clients, <clears throat> and so everybody was given the given the boot. But I had enough work at the time where I was like, "Well, I'm not going to look for another job." And um, I just, just kind of kept going, kept going since then. Yeah. So. Well, how did you get into your love of letter forms? Is that something you kind of just discovered along the way, or did you learn it in art school? Did they actually teach you like lettering and you know break down typography? Yeah. So the the. I was not wasn't a typeface, but the first like lettering I ever did was just for a poster in like you know a community college. Um, I had seen some type that I liked, but I didn't have the access to that font or even know what it was. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, I can just I can just draw the letters that I need, and um, so very, you know very geometric in, in it, like copy paste, cut and paste kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would do, I started doing that for a lot of my stuff just because I was like, well, I can I can kind of make it how I want it to look. Um, and then at Otis, I did take a couple type design classes. Um, and then one of, one of my first, one of my instructors and then one of my bosses, he's actually a type designer. He runs Lux typographics out of LA. Okay. That was, that was back in like 2004. Um, so yeah, and I, so I just really got into, into like, oh, I, like just like if I was in my graphic designer, I can take my own pictures and, you know, and use that photography in my work. But I also need, type and so it's like well why can't i just try to create the type that i want to use and so that's kind of why i started creating or trying to figure out how to create fonts in general so when did you like really start experimenting with letters and i'm going to link all this stuff in the show notes too just some of your crazy work like the ambigrams mm-hmm. and when did you start using instagram as a tool to start sharing these wild ass ideas that you have um well i didn't start instagram until 2004 14 or the end of 2013 i think it was uh, yeah and but at first it was you know i was just taking awful pictures and putting whatever filter i could find on them <laughs> um but when we moved to hawaii we didn't know anybody there um and then we had my wife had a 
an accident. And so we were kind of at home a lot. And so for that, I just started drawing. Like I, I, I was using just, I was using like, okay, I need to get out of the type I had been drawing was I wanted to try to change it up. And I felt like I was kind of stalling out on ideas. So I was like, well, let me just do something I know could never be a typeface and, and just draw that. And, um, yeah, that kind of led me to explore a lot more. And, um, uh, that's, it's kind of fueled the last couple of years of my, even my type design where, where, side. Where like, do you even like get the ideas for some of your stuff, like some of your stuff recently, like that new year's piece that totally threw me through a loop. I, I sat there just scrolling and looking at that thing forever. And I could not figure it out until finally someone else commented what it actually said. So it's like, you have to decipher some of your work. Oh yeah. That, that, um, that's kind of, I don't know that that's just something that's, it's intrigued me recently and I just want to keep pushing it like just to kind of like create it, put as many words and like hidden message meanings into stuff. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's wild, man. I, I don't see anybody else doing that. Yeah. I, I don't know, but it's just the way my, my mind works on this stuff. So, because you have like it, one end of the spectrum, you have your typeface design, super clean. Um, I mean, some of the stuff that you see more utility typefaces that you see within yeah, the yeah. world. And then you have something on the clear end of the spectrum. Like I, I can't function on that clean, simple side, but yet you can dive <laughs> into both. It feels like interchangeably. Yeah, and I think having uh, trying to do like do both ends of the spectrum, and then kind of figure out like where's the middle ground on stuff, or how far can you push one thing before? All right, now it needs to backtrack a little bit um, in order to function in that way. Um, but yeah, and then the ambigram stuff, um, I'm just on a mission now to make every word read well any way you look at it. <laughs> does does everything start with like thumbnail sketches? Oh yeah, awful awful little sketching. Like most of the time, it's like. Does, can I even make this thing, does it even have the letters that could even possibly make, make it read in multiple ways, you know? Um, so yeah, they're, they're, if you saw my sketches, you, most people would probably laugh. Well, you're pretty good <laughs> about sharing the process in the first place. And a lot of people get wrapped up in seeing super polished pieces on a platform, just back to back to back posts and kind of just trips everyone out thinking like they could never do that too. So I, I, I think that was another big reason why I was attracted to your work is that you share the process, the work in progress is. So I see like the garbage shit in the <laughs> oh, beginning man. and then to like the end. Polish that was the piece. final piece, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> but a lot of people think that. So like I, I, I'm big on sharing the process. And have you always been like that kind of sharing no, behind no. the scenes? Because some people are super competitive for no reason. Yeah, no, I am. I am actually pretty competitive and I don't I don't. Uh, I don't like the way I draw most of the time. Like, I mean, uh, what do you mean in the sense of like? In the sense of like, I feel like it could be better. Kind of, Always. kind of just yeah, your you own know? process, though. It's not yeah. like some wizard like Ken Barber taught you or something. Yeah, yeah, I have actually taken a couple classes from him too. <laughs> yeah, he blew my mind. I, I, I took one yeah. at Creative Works, and I'm just like, wow, I yeah. suck. And I just threw my pencils on the floor <laughs> and ripped up my paper. <laughs> uh, so I, so sharing the stuff on like the the bad sketches on Instagram kind of helped helped me just like this is not precious like this is just a stupid idea now you know you can choose to make it better or you can leave it as it is so the sharing of the sketches for me was actually the hardest part like because i i would want to like okay this is an awful sketch now i let me go make it like look super cool offline and then post that like it's a like it's my you know the only thing i did yeah. but it's not it's not necessary so and then a lot of it it was just exploration so 
if it wasn't going to go farther than, you know, whatever sketch it was, it was, that was it. So it was fine. Just, I was just kind of like, just be more consistent about sharing the stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, do you ever, do you ever like have a sketch that just isn't working out? Then you just leave it alone and maybe down the road you come back and revisit that same thing. Does that ever happen to you? Like an idea finally comes and hits you cause your stuff is so wild. I, I don't know. Like, I, I usually draw like very, very tiny things and just I'll post it. Like I can, this is not good for audio, but I have just like, Oh you know, my stuff, God, it's great stuff, for me. Holy crap. <laughs> just stuff stuck up on the wall that, um, I like, hope I'll hope to get to in, you know, down the road, oh. but that, the, the piece that I sent you with the, the embossed piece, but that was a, that was on my wall for probably over a year of just, it was just like written down what I wanted it to say. And I just wasn't sure how I, what, you know, what form or wanted to spend the time on it really. So it just goes up on the wall and then, uh, at some point I'll either get to it or just throw it away, you know, like, okay, it's not going to come to anything instead of forcing it. Cause I'm guilty yeah. of just forcing things sometimes, especially cause like I get a deadline. I have a podcast next week and I'm trying to force this artwork for the episode artwork. And I'm like, whatever done better than perfect. But some of those sketches just live in little field notes and I file them away and I don't ever look at them, but like sticking them up on a little corner of the wall. I never thought about that. I'd love to get a photo of that to put in the show notes so people can see what I'm looking at. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. If oh, you're I'll okay with that. Yeah, I will I'll make sure nothing that's up there that can't be seen. Yeah, and um, but yeah, I, I tend to do that too. Like I had for the longest, and I still kind of do. I don't like to draw in sketchbooks because I feel like it, it becomes like, oh, this whole sketchbook should look great. Mm-hmm. And my drawings are so awful most of the time. It's just to get the idea down so that I don't forget it, you know, or like I can come back to it. Um, so I'll draw on like little pieces of paper, and then like this is a like this again. This is not for. Uh, this is not for audio, but these were in Hawaii. I, I kept all these little pieces of paper that I drew on. Yeah. And it's just, it's just little snippets that most of the time just have like, you know, a small little word. It says brutal. And then so do you <laughs> keep, says, do you keep everything? I, I, do, the most part? I do keep a lot and I need to throw it away. No, don't like, see this here. This one is a, it's just a middle finger with a little paper bag on his head. And <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, that could be a thing. It could be an illustration or it could be something at some point, some stupid icon. But yeah, I need to. And then with our move coming up too, I'm like, damn, I got to throw some of this stuff away. I can't oh, keep man, you got to you gotta keep it because that's like <laughs> the stuff someday you'll look back on. Like I have, I'm weird. I have that, um, that clutter mentality of like holding sentiment. What's it called? Um, man, not clutter. You know what I'm talking about. Whatever people who like to collect too much. But I, I have that with my my drawings. Like I have everything I've drawn since like first grade, and oh, like okay. like ex, like little archivable things. So I, I don't know. I feel, okay, it brings if you look into them and it brings you back. You're just like oh, I can't throw that away because that you mm-hmm. know was because of this or yeah. So how how has everything led you to starting your own studio paperwork? And you kill the vowels in yours just like I kill the vowels in mine. So yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't feel so dumb when I saw someone like you doing it too. Cause I'm like, man, I made this really hard for people to find me on Instagram. So, uh, what, tell us a little bit more about uh studio, your studio paperwork and what are some of the typical clients that you work with and how did you even get to the point where you started it? Cause a lot of people are interested. How do they start the name of their business instead of Mark Canesso graphics or Scotty Russell studio right, right. is all sounds a little douchey in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That I, 
I've always been a fan of just not having, well, Instagram is my name. I, I like to create a variety of things so that people mm-hmm. I like to create confusion in that way. Um, but the name came about actually when I was helping my wife move from one apartment at one point to another place. We were just labeling some of the boxes and this one was, was paperwork and I wrote it without the vowels. And I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, and it was one of those like, oh, let me just take a note of that. And then um, when I decided to create a, a, you know, a website for my portfolio, I didn't want to have my name. And I was kind of like, well, I have paperwork because I do a lot of work on paper. And it's also one of those kind of people, it's mundane and people have a reference to what it is, but then I can kind of s- switch it up somehow. Um, so it's, it's Paperwork Studio. And then uh, my t- I created the type side of it, which is still me, but it was... PS type is just paperwork studio type. Ah, okay. I, that was throwing me through the ringer. I could not figure out what it would, what, what PS type lab came from, but I guess that's way more easier than I was thinking. I was thinking too deep into it. <laughs> what did you think it meant? I had no idea. Like at the end of something serious, you're like, Hey PS. Oh, post, like, yeah, I, post-script I, I, type. Postscript. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't know. Um, what kind of work do you do under paperwork then? And like, what's your typical clients that you have? You have like a lettering division, a, a type design posi- uh, division and like, um, like products. Yes. Yeah, sort of. So paperwork is, like I said, it's just always been my online portfolio, kind of like my online uh, moniker. And, um, but most of the people that I work with just know me as Mark, you know? So I worked with, I do work and did work with a lot of, uh, just studios like kind of freelance that's always had the the like trying to figure out am i a freelancer or do i have my own business well it's both you know it's i mean it's people now are commit are hiring or commissioning me to do stuff but i I just run it through my my business is paperwork studio um so whether you're going paperwork studio mark canesso or ps type it's it's all just me (laughs) yeah um but with the with paperwork i i did for the longest time just every kind of graphic design you could think of, like a lot of book design, um, a lot of identity work, which, you know, kind of led, helps with the the type design stuff because you could you could draw a custom logo type and kind of think like, oh, can this become a, a, a working font? You know, does that, will it function in that way? Um, Do most of your clients hit you up for more custom lettering, custom logos, or custom type design? Yeah, so for the last couple of years, lettering and logos have been kind of what's kept me kept me going and then uh and cust- and actually a few custom type faces um i saw along with my own retail releases but yeah so that's i've been knee deep in letters for several years now so, so your own kind of type foundry is ps type yeah how did you even get into type dis- uh typeface design because that some people just think you can spend a weekend drawing something out and putting it together and putting it on creative market and that seems to be the new wave of type design font designs and it's not the case of a true typeface designer like what what got you into it how do you have the patience for it and what's like your program of choice like glyphs or so i i, I need to learn glyphs i'm still using font lab please don't kill me okay <laughs> people <laughs> i i don't i don't know how to make it at all so to me yeah. that's already way more than i know um but yeah again it was it was always like i want to make typefaces that i can use in my work and um so that's kind of what started starts, starts with started you, with me what you yeah know. what I would want to use and I feel like I'm I am my own audience because I'm a designer so if I want to use it hopefully there's other people out there who want to use it too uh, mm-hmm. 
And so I was able, I actually, all my type is available not only through my site, but it's all with type Adobe type, type kit. So I'm, yeah, I'm a foundry. I've partner. seen them. Yeah. I have, I have someone downloaded at my uh, day job computer. Yeah. So, so, they, yeah. so, but I've been with type kit even before they were with Adobe. Uh, Jason, wow. yeah, Jason Santa Maria, like was the creative director of type kit originally. And, and he mm-hmm. connected me with, you know, the people starting the, who started type kit. And so I got kind of involved with them. And then just as of earlier this year, like, all of everything I have is now available with them because at first it was a few, just like a few select things, but now mm-hmm. all of my all of my designs are. How, how does that happen? Do they license you out? Yeah, so I, I have a out? I have a contract with Typekit with Adobe to do to so that they can have it on their site. That's dope. Yeah. That's just like mailbox money. If you see those shows, or you just get the mailbox <laughs> money, just stash it away. You just got that in the back, always going, huh? Yeah. That that's awesome. Does it just like trip you out when you see? your workout in the world, which is probably some of the most random yeah. business incorporations. I, I, uh, it is. I've seen um, the surprise usages of, stu- of, of my work, of my typefaces, and like being able to be a part of somebody's other, somebody else's work, you know, and without necessarily even them knowing it. You know, it's like, well, I did that thing, and you used that thing to make your thing, so we kind of collaborated in that way, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, especially cool. if you didn't even like you envisioned it for yourself in a totally different light and it's being used in a totally different manner. I could only imagine. Yeah. It's, it's super cool to see it. So, um, but yeah, so use it, use it more in your work too. <laughs> I will. I, I, I work at the corporation. I'll start, I'll start plugging it in there too and be like, Hey, this is my buddy's typeface. You should try this um, one out. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, uh, kind of you and I were talking at the beginning, just chit-chatting, and you asked me why I wanted you on the show. And for me, I've been a fan of yours. It's easily been two years now on Instagram. I can't remember if I found you through the Explorer page or through our mutual friend Bob Ewing or some type of good type feature. Who knows? Um, but what really drew me to yours is because I've been so stuck on feeling I had to have this curated style. I had to be known for one way of doing things. And for you, you totally throw that shit out the window. Like you're all over the place. I don't think you even think about what people would care about when you post your work. And I think that's actually an important quality because so many people are tied to the validation, the likes. I have to keep it curated because this is what people want to see. But I think, like you said it earlier, you create things that you want to see. Yeah. And and you're consistently inconsistent like yeah. I am. And that I really look up to people who can do that. I think that, that comes from uh, like the, the graphic design side of me where uh, – you know, you do stuff that's, you should be doing stuff that's appropriate for whatever you're doing. So if you're just doing the same thing over and over, or you're just using the same typeface or, you know, whatever, it's kind of like, well, then you're not really, you're not really thinking about it. You're just kind of defaulting to, this is what I'm going to do, you know? And that's cool. Like some people, some people, they do that. I mean, that's why like, oh, I'm going to commission this person because they have, they do this work this way and we want Mm -hmm. that for our thing. Um, but it's not right for everything. And I think that's what trips me up is because I feel like in order to attract a specific freelance project, I need this one style. And yeah. you know, that, that trips me up at times when really, you know, keep doing my own style and maybe that one piece will resonate with someone who wants that specific style. I, I don't know. Yeah, you can, the, a style and a voice can be different. You know, I mean, you could have a specific voice that you can tie through in, in a variety of ways, you know, like just your way of thinking can be that that's your your style, you know? That's good. 
that's good. So why do you continue to push new styles and boundaries and like instead of just curating one, you know, as many influencers would say, like what what drives you to keep pushing the envelope on stuff? Because your stuff is one of a kind, man. It really is. I get bored. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I think that's a great answer. I get bored. Yeah, I mean, creating I, the same style. I, I actually never, as well. I never, I never, um, when I was doing mostly graphic design, I was kind of, I was always like, nah, I can never do type design full time because I don't, I don't think I just want to draw letter forms, you know? Um, because I was, always, I think at that point I was probably only thinking about like letters have to look a specific way. So mm-hmm. just as I do more of it, I, I'm, and like I said, these last couple of years, I've, I've pretty much dropped, and unless it was a, a piece for myself, I haven't like, being commissioned to you know design a book or anything like that it's it's all been it's all been like logos letters t- typefaces that kind of stuff let's pivot from there what's next then for paperwork studio or for you and your personal explorations like do you want to do books or what's something that you want to do that i don't know keeps you up at night it gets you excited you you make some dope products but like what's that next thing you know that you really want to push yourself to do um, well, I've done some stuff in like, that's dimensional. Um, like I've had, but it, uh, again, it started kind of, it started flat, but then I've had things produced in like three in, in dimension, like, like that wood thing behind you. Oh, yeah. There. Uh, Oh, this up here. Yeah. That that's actually cardboard, but yeah, so I'll do that sometimes too, because like I have a flat graphic, but I want, I want it to have some dimension. So I'll just cut it out of something and I'll just draw it on a, a bigger piece of cardboard or a piece of paper or something just to just give it that feel what's that satisfy because i get so stuck in that paper world at times and i don't have that i have a drive to do something different but i don't think about it until i see someone like you carving things out of foam or cardboard yeah because it just it, then it adds that it adds a level of interaction with like oh this thing is now a tangible thing i can grab or pick up or touch or even like i i can show you this too this is not going to be good for I made these. This was a, a letter form from a typeface, and I had it cut out of foam, a water jet cut out of foam. But then it's just like, oh, it felt fat on screen, but now it feels fatter in person, you know? Like, it just feels like it has weight to it, and yeah, I don't know. It's See, just... I think it all ties into, because so many people are trying to fit in with the trend instead of standing out from the noise trying to rise above this saturated field that is lettering on a piece of paper calligraphy like that's already given me ideas of how can i take this idea that's just on paper like i've always done but how can i push it to that next level to maybe help me stand out from the next person and going dimensional is something i've honestly never ever thought about i've always thought maybe drawing on something like a a crazy object like ian barnard does just draws on the craziest shit possible but i've never thought about tangibly making things to hold like that g again stuff like that i want to show in the show notes that relates to the the episode in a sense yeah because so like i i and some of these although they're sketches of a thing and they become like i'll like kind of get to a point where i'm like oh that's cool like this so the one that you were looking at there's the home home and away ambigram yeah so after i'd drawn that i didn't have any thought i was like you know what this could be cool what could this be used for what could i actually do with it now that it, this is I got this artwork, but I don't really have anything for it. So it kind of backwards working. I was like, wow, what if I, and that's when I made the the floor mat, I turned it into a floor mat. So like if I put this art onto a floor mat, now it goes at the front of a door. And as you approach it, you're seeing, you get to, as you approach it, you see one message, as you leave, you see another. Dude. 
Wow. <laughs> That's you're really, really honestly, I think you're on the show more just for me right now. Cause like <laughs> I get so locked in and I don't think about that next step of like, what can I do with this now? It's like, this is a five by seven. I could either sell it real quick to someone who wants to own the original or I just file it away in my little expandable folder or put it in my shop real quick. I've never thought, what can I do with it after that to, you know, bring it to the next level. And I, I think that helps with people. I had Dustin Lee of Retro Supply on mm-hmm. and he's talking about how can you make your first product or what are things that can bring value to someone's world and like a, a doormat like that, that's so novel like that. I'm sure that would sell like crazy on uh, some of those places that sell like the craziest, what, the merchers, you know, you know, those sites, they sell like just, ah, I can't, I can't think of them. Uh, usually I just follow something on Twitter, but just shares like wild, insane products, like a doormat. I would have never thought yeah. of that. Yeah. I, I like the, so the way they're currently it's made is just through society six. Okay. Um, so the, the quality is not all that great. Yeah. Like, you know, um, so I've, I've looked into and talked to a couple people about having them produced and then just, I just haven't figured out how to, cause I like the idea too, like more, I, um, genius, but I don't, yeah, I just don't know. I don't want to put the time into research and like, cause I don't want to order, a, you know, thousands and thousands of units and then be sitting on these things. I know. So I know. That's kind of why I just like, oh, I'll just do a couple for myself. And if people like them, cool. If I have extras, I'll sell them. But if not, it's just kind of for me. I'd buy one because I'm a little bit over of what we have outside. It's like <laughs> peace, love, happiness kind of stuff that my, my wife probably got at Hobby Lobby. I'd rather have something like that. Um, so what what would you tend to prefer in analog or digital? Or do you like combining both worlds equally? Or does everything start off analog? Like you, you do some iPad stuff too in Procreate, right? Yeah, I've uh, I've been playing with it. I'm not, I haven't figured out how to work it completely into my flow. It hurts my brain too. So just, I'm like just, forcing myself to use it. It's it's really yeah. hard, but it's it's one of those it. like you just have to. It's a it's different for me for sure than drawing on paper. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just gonna keep playing with it, and you know, like anything, it's the more you use it, the better you'll get at it. But um. I don't, I do draw, I don't, so they can, you can choose brushes and stuff, but I don't feel like I'm a calligrapher. I don't have that kind of ability. I draw letters. I don't write them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I find myself just using like the, pe- like I made a pencil that I like and I, I'll just use that. So basically I'm working exactly the same way as I do on paper. Well, uh, you're making iPad products now that I know I'm getting <laughs> as a stocking stuffer. Like where did that idea come from doing like pencil wrap or Apple pencil wraps? Yeah, so, that, thing, that thing's pretty awesome. It's literally awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this one, um, just staring at this blank white pencil, I was like, I have to make something on this. Actually, it started with, I was trying to figure out how to charge it without sticking it in the back of a, sticking it in the bottom of the iPad mm-hmm. and having it sticking out. So I was like, um, I have one of those Grove-made stands for my phone. Yeah. And I, I put the little extension piece onto it and then i stood it up in it and it actually charged dude you know they, properly. they make these crazy things oh yeah like, see that's what i want to make i want to make something that just holds the stand man please make it because i'm like going on amazon fishing for like apple pro man see that that's even great though because they say 
find a need in the world and make it, but like you kind of totally go from a different route of if you see something that you want, then you make it. Yeah, most of the time people don't want it also. <laughs> <laughs> but still, a lot of people are discouraged to even make something for themselves because they think they have to sell it to a million people. No, I, I, I'm, I've gotten big, um, especially in the last few years, it's like if I want to make something, mm-hmm. I'm going to figure out a way to at least make make one or two for myself. And Prototypes then, uh, in a sense? Yeah, yeah. and if, 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 if people you know, ask about it, cool, we'll figure out how to get them one too. But um, yeah. Speaking of uh, side projects too, I've been wanting to ask about this for a while. Letter Farm, like, what's what's the initiative? What's the initiative behind Letter Farm? And for those who don't know, what is Letter Farm? So right now, <laughs> Letter Farm is uh, it exists as an Instagram account that is just a collaboration of uh, so Bob and I's. We just use it as a platform to just try other stuff. Um, it started with a a drawing I did that was supposed to say letter form, but the A, the O looked like an A and I knew it looked like an A and Bob decided he was going to call me out on it. He's like, what's letter farm? And I'm like, it doesn't say letter farm, but I like that name. So we should do something. And then he was like, cool. And so I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, inch by inch just started with a little crazy idea and look where that's at now. So yeah. So we're, we actually, uh, it's a, we're about our a year letter farm has been alive for a year now. We made our first post. I think it was December sixteenth. Uh, so, it, but for the, so for this year, it's really just been like another account that we can share things on that we might not want to put on our normal account, or it was like a you know a process shot of something we did put, or um, we did a, we did a thing where we were passing a sketch back and forth, and then we have this we have an idea where it's going to become something, but we haven't. This is you know it's just a like sign. in person passing it back and forth. Yeah, like I. Uh, Bob drew something, and then he sent me the sketch, and then I drew over it. And like then he I mailed find... it, or no, 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 okay. no, no, no. He just like some took snail a mail, like a real <laughs> legit. Okay, I was gonna say, damn, that's like next level. No, but, no, just but ancient at the same time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you guys are really taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So really, basically, it's just an account to give you a permission slip to go push the envelope yep. on things. Yeah. Well, and I, I've seen, I definitely see Bob pushing his work towards like what would you say how, how you've always been pushing your work you definitely see bob's growth within his letter forms getting more wild loose crazy not yeah and we, we you know we ask each other breaking the rules stuff. like knowing the rules so you can break them yeah or just being like why do they have to be rules for stuff you know like yeah. it, it kind of comes back to the 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 ambigram situation is you know, a lot of times I'll draw, I'll have a, there'll be one, like a letter in, in amongst the word that's kind of like, well, that doesn't necessarily look like it. Well, I just ask, well, can you read it? Like, does it read as it? Cause if you start looking at each individual thing, maybe that, maybe those pieces individually aren't, don't like, oh, that's not an R that's an L or something like that. But if you can read the whole thing, then why does it matter what that one is? You know? So or if you can figure it out or if you can make someone sp- stare at it for a second to try to figure it out. That's that's generally what happens is like I was just scrolling late at night before I go to bed, just aimlessly scrolling for no reason. And it typically lands on your work and I have to just stop and stare, zoom in a little bit, ask my <laughs> wife what that says. And then I go back and then I'll comment or ask you. So, yeah, I hope I hope that every time I post something, people are like flipping their phones around, even if it doesn't, because then it's yeah, like I want them to. Take a second look at it. You've you definitely know? built some persona that it, it definitely, it, it bends my mind for real. Like it, it makes me stop and 
think. And I think that's, you know, kind of a niche in itself of a name you're building for yourself behind it. Um, do you guys, do you guys have any plans for letter farm moving forward? I know you put some products out or did you do a t-shirt, maybe a print? Yeah, yeah we did a shirt and, um, uh, we're going to do a giveaway, but it's just going to be of our, like just some random stuff that we've got. Um, I mean, we talked about like, Oh, maybe we could do a, like, I was like, Oh, we could bring you to Portland to do a workshop and it'll be like a letter farm workshop. And then you can like Bob could do his vector vector thing or something, but it's timing doesn't work on that. So, um, we'll figure it out. I don't, I don't know. We're not making any serious, like specific direction with it. Just kind of seeing how it goes. I mean, if you're moving to Austin, that's where Brooke from good type is. Have you ever thought about, she's always hosting some kind of crazy workshops. Like that would be insane. Like, a a letter farm lettering then vector machine yeah two parts could do that yeah maybe austin's popping with that so like lots of cool things going on there um maybe a little serious i don't want it to always be like highlights and stuff but what's like one of the biggest struggles you've had over the years kind of finding your voice or niche in the creative industry or just getting confidence of sharing your work because that was really hard for me yeah, I definitely think the sharing of, of unpolished, unfinished work is something that I, I still, I would say I still hesitate, you know, to, to show some stuff sometimes where I'm like, no, because I can do better work than this. Like, I should not show this. You know, I should not show people this. Um, so, yeah, the, the sharing of work is something for sure that, would, that I struggle with. Um, just being able to talk about your work or talk, even mostly I'd say talk. This is probably the hardest thing I do. I yeah. can't talk about, I don't like talking about myself. I know I, I can, I like can tell there, man. If there was a third person in this conversation, I would feel way more comfortable. Cause I, like we can, I can deflect or, you know, I can respond to other things or crack, stupid, crack stupid jokes and then jump to the back of the room. Like, you know, I, <laughs> you can still crack stupid jokes. I appreciate if you have any dad jokes or any puns, man, I'm all about that. <laughs> Honestly, you're killing it right now. There's so many things that I'm already taking away. I can't wait to package this one up. So, I mean, have you ever thought about like doing do this public speaking or any of that interest you? So I did a workshop here last year. Um, there was a conference called We Make. Okay. And um, I just did a, uh, it was actually not small. There was like probably too many people in it. There was like 30 or 40 people. And, um, yeah, I didn't know what to do and I didn't want to talk about myself. So I just tried to put them to work, but it was kind of like, at first it went off. It was like, people were just confused as to what, like what we were doing. It was like a workshop slash talk. Well, I didn't do the talk. I didn't really do a talk. Mm -hmm. I just, I, it was just a workshop. Um, but I was trying to, I was trying to get them. I was like, look, a lot of times people don't give themselves the time to just like play around or explore. So I'm going to, that's what this time is going to be. And I kind of gave him a couple prompts of like, okay, now do that. Just draw X, you know, whatever. And they just stared at me. I'm like, I'm not going to tell you what to draw. I'm not going to show you how to draw. I just want you to try, like, just draw. <laughs> and stream of but, conscious, just let yeah, it go. It didn't. It didn't go over that great at the beginning, <laughs> but as, I think as things got going, and then when we moved into, like, we, I had an ambergram portion. People were kind of stoked on that, and then, like, things started happening and stuff like that. So. Um, I have, uh, talk, I met a guy at, I was at Adobe max this year Yeah. as part of the type kit booth. Um, I met a guy from Florida, Victor. What, what he, he spoke at creative South. Uh, he's been at creative South a couple times. 
Oh, he was wondering if I'd come down and uh, like do a talk for their chapter. And is he at UCF or where's he at? He's in Orlando, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in Orlando. God, what is Victor? That's gonna bug me right now. But I mean, I could see you killing shit over at like Creative South or something like that. Have you ever thought about like? Have you attended many conferences I, like that? I've gone to. I'm not gonna get his name. Sorry, I can't remember his last name. Davila, Victor yes. Davila. Yes, his name was hard to say for me, but yeah, yeah Victor's awesome. Um, I've gone to, I go to conferences like, type, I, well, so I was going to TypeCon for a few years, and then there was one in San Francisco called Typo SF that was put on by FontShop. Mm-hmm. Um, they do not do the San Francisco one anymore. They just do the one in uh, Berlin. Um, and I went to Typographics last year for the first time in New York. How was that? And, I heard a lot of good things about that. Yeah, no, that was cool. Um but then, so this year I went, when I went to, I was like, I'm going to go to Max and not go to TypeCon because mm-hmm. I wanted, I was like, I'm going to go to talk to people who use the type versus the people who make it. So that was cool um, to kind of get that, see that side of it. Because there's, the there's a ton of people at Adobe Max too, like was, Bob like, and um, Brian French, French Paper, like Dragon, yeah, yeah. DKNG, um, Clark Orr, Mama Sauce, Nick Sambrato. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, I wish I could have went. Yeah, it was cool. I, I, I was, so they, a lot of them were there for the, well, the French, they had their own booth, mm-hmm. but uh, some of those people were just there for the marketplace, not just the marketplace, but it was like a, what they had to set up for one day. Whereas I had to be part of that thing for three days and man, Oh, that I probably it's like, taxed your ass, huh? And just oh yeah. Out. I was stood in a, tri- a little triangle corner and I just said, like repeated myself over and over. Wait, what did you have to like days. talk about? Like, Hey, use my font. Use my font. Yeah, well, most people were like, "What is this? What do you do? Like, what what do you have here?" Because I had stuff that was I was selling as well, and mm-hmm. then I had stuff, like giveaways and. Um, but we were part of a bigger booth, so that like, it kind of confused people. Like, "What are you? Are you Typekit?" And they'd ask me like, "Why are my fonts not syncing?" And I'm like, oh, "Dude, you, you need to go talk to that go person talk to support. right over there." I yeah. have that all the time. Like, why I have to sign out, sign back in, restart? Like, come on. <laughs> But yeah, so it was cool. It was definitely a, it was different, and uh, but it was fun to just kind of bullshit with people. And be in Vegas, did you did you go out and get crunk? No, I was exhausted. <laughs> um, real quick, so before we go into rapid fire questions, what's one piece of advice you'd give to a creative who struggles starting or sticking with something? Because that, that's a lot of people in this audience. I don't know. It's hard to. It's hard to. To, I mean, they need to get past what something of themselves that says they can't do it. I know there's a lot of people who, you know, they need a little bit of extra help and like in terms of like encouragement. Mm-hmm. So I hope they can get that from somebody. But then there's also, I, I came from a family of a lot of tough love. So it's kind of like, you know, I do it. Fucking don't do it. Like, I'm not going to tell you to do it and I'm not going to help you do it. So you have to figure shit out on your own. You have to, you have to figure it out. And, and, you know, if that means like baby steps of like, okay, I'm going to try and do this small thing, whatever that is. And it doesn't have to be, I don't know what it, if you have to kind of funnel it so that it feels like a success, but not everything's going to be that. Mm -hmm. Because there's going to be plenty of times where you put out some garbage. I know for me, I've put out so much shitty work. I I look at, for me, I can look back at the end of 2017 and I've created a lot of work, man, but there's maybe only like three or four pieces that I'm like, this is, this is gold. I'm proud of this. And I, I don't know. For me, a lot of people get wrapped up in thinking shit has to look amazing that first draft, which is important for people like you and me to share that work in progress. That's why I'm big on it. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I feel like sometimes people do will give up, like if something doesn't happen for them right away. And mm-hmm. it's like, I'm at the point of like, well, sorry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to babysit you. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good no, I think it's a perfect. good bit of advice because I'm like, if there was a lot of students like at Otis in the class, that just wouldn't do the work. And you see, like, you see some teachers will like try to like encourage them, but that, sometimes it's like, that's a waste of time. Cause they're not going to, they barely even want to be here. So if you don't really want to be doing it, don't do it. Like go do something else. Go do something that you actually want to do. No, I think it's awesome, man. Uh, let's switch it up. Rapid fire. This is my favorite one. If you were on death row, what would be your last slice of pizza? What did I do to be on death row? Ah, uh, shit, dude. I don't know. <laughs> uh, pepperoni. Pepperoni. Any, any be... specific brand? Frozen pizza? I don't know. <laughs> frozen. No, dude, no, I'm, someone I'm, said I'm... their favorite piece of pizza was Totino's. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I've never had anything but Totino's. Yeah. I'm like, no, have you are... left college or what? <laughs> I'm a big fan of doing the pizzas straight on the barbecue. So we've been, yeah, you just like get grilling like, them or yeah, grilled. Okay. You, get dough, you throw the dough on, let it, let the dough heat up a bit. You flip it over, you put your toppings on. Like you, you roll your own dough. Well, my wife will make it and then we'll roll it out. Yeah. So you make your own pizza. Awesome. I'm so yeah. lazy. We, we made, but you can get some dough like pre, like pre-made. That's usually me. I'm usually that delivery person. Cause I'm, chilling on a friday night i just want to <laughs> smash okay i respect that it's supposed to be rapid fire but no i'm again tangents i want to know yeah. all right pepperoni that's me too i keep it simple you can uh, go triple, me go triple pepperoni if you want to get crazy I, I i'm cool with that i just don't like all that meat like meat lovers no thanks dude i don't need all i, I don't need sausage i'm good yeah, on two, that three different kinds of sausage you got your spicy sausage you got your italian sausage what's the third kind <laughs> Summer sausage? Chur- well, chori- chorizo. Chorizo. No. All right, I'll eat that in a taco or something. But... All right. What program would you live in each day if you had a choice? I just live in? Yeah. Like for me, it would be Illustrator. Yeah. I mean, if I had to choose one, I'd probably go. have to go Illustrator. I'm about that vector life. Yep. Yeah. That's why Procreate's fucking with me. Yeah. So there, I, I know. That's why I feel like I would use it more if it was if it, it could export or you can use mm-hmm. vector art in it. And I just heard of one the other day uh, called Concepts app. Is that the one Vaughn Glitchko? Yeah, is so Vaughn, Vaughn uh, who's just south of me. He's in Salem. Have you linked up to... with him? No, we've chatted a few times, but I need to I need to either go down there before we leave or something. To, like... So that one is vector-based? Concepts is vector-based, yeah. I was just about to download it to, like, and try and like, play around with it, but awesome! You'll have to let me know what you think, and I'll have to dive into it too. And that's just native within the iPad. No, no, you to it's a. I think it's free, but I think they charge you for various things. I didn't you mean wanna... native. You have, but you can get it in the iPad. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then I've I've not played around enough with the Adobe Draw, which I know it does export vector stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the capture app's pretty cool. Because I've used it a couple times to just quickly vectorize stuff, mm-hmm. and um, kind of like it, image traces, something that you find in the wild. Yeah, yeah, or even a drawing. Like I'll draw something and I'll use that and then just clean it up, like so it's already vector. Yeah, I have some shit to figure out, man. Kyle Latendra, that dude just uses like 
Cintiq in Illustrator, and I'm just like, I, how? I don't understand how that dude comes I know up you with can, stuff. You could use a. Somebody was telling me about AstroPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a couple so buddies you, who use AstroPad, and they just like sync it up with their iPad, and it turns that into a Cintiq. So lots of things that I'm trying to experiment with in the new year. Wow, I'm really screwing up this rapid fire stuff. Like this. Yeah, is, that's okay. I like this conversation part. <laughs> um, who's like an artist, some type of designer or creative who you think has just been killing shit lately? Uh, let's see. Well, all the dudes, have you, are you familiar with high on type? No. Uh, oh, you should look up high on type. I'll put it in the, it's, it's a collective of people. So that I, uh, I can't think of their name. I only know them by their handles. Kind of like uh, a friends of type ordeal or. Yeah. They're, they're in the Netherlands, I believe is where they're based out of. Um, I did a poster for a, an event they had earlier this year called all eyes on type. So they do a lot of workshops, and it's like a, I forget how many art there are, but they they have some amazing stuff coming out of there. Um, How'd you find them? Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. And then like on like, like illustration side, I'm a big fan of. Uh, are you familiar with Burnt Toast? Creative? Yes, Burnt Toast Creative. Yeah. Those crazy wacky illustrations. Yeah, it's awesome. Do you know you who know? that person is? Or yeah, well, I don't know him personally. I've had a com- a couple like. Brief hey, micro interactions. Yeah, yeah, micro interactions. Dope work. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah, big fan of that. And that's to- those are two totally different like visuals. Like you know, if you look at at the work that the high on type guys do, and and then what the burnt toast guy is like, so different. But yeah, his stuff yeah, is really- one of a kind for sure. Script serif or sans serif? Just depends on the application, man. You can't just choose one. What would you lean towards? It would lean towards what's appropriate for the usage. <laughs> you made this way harder than it needed to be. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to slow the rapid fire down. That looked like it was going to get too quick of an answer. Like, <laughs> just say one word. All right. I'll be completely honest. I'm on like six or seven people in a row that say sans serif. Okay. I'll say script. Then. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yes, I knew it. We, we vibe so well. I'm, I'm script all day. Man. Okay. Then what's your favorite typeface excluding yours? Oh, excluding, my- excluding yours. Yep. Again, it's the same kind of thing, though. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't want to have a favorite typeface. Okay, let's let's put some context around it. I'm on death row, and I have my piece of pizza. What typeface am I? Gonna- what typeface would be on the pizza box braiding? <laughs> Vag round. All right, all right. Uh, some, <laughs> somebody said like slab serif, and then I don't know if you know Jason Craig. He always come up with some out of the box answer too. So I think you're challenging him right now and not following <laughs> protocol, but that's all right. You're the guest. Uh, last thing, where can people go to find you online? I have a few areas. I have a paperwork studio. That's where you'll see like lettering and like graphic design work. Um, PS type lab is all, is my retail foundry site and, um, and on Instagram at Mark Canesso. Canesso, C-A-N-E-S-O. Not right. Canesso or Canseco. Not Canseco, not Canejo. Canejo. Are you on Dribble actively or like Behance or anything anymore? I don't know if people still use that much. Um, I do post occasionally on both of those. Um, usually you will have seen it somewhere else first, mm-hmm. but I'll usually I'll usually keep it you know, keep it populated with stuff. Do you, want, um, do you want people to find you on Twitter at all? On Twitter, I yeah no. I mean, I'm, I'm PS, <laughs> so that's the thing is like on Twitter I have my uh, that's PS Type Lab. 
That's the first time I ever saw uh, your PS Type Lab name was on Twitter. I'm like, who the hell is this? Who the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whose work is this? It looks really like, it, it looks like Mark's, but I mean, it's not Mark. So th- that was the first time threw me through a rut, man. Yeah, so like I said, I would like to, I like to confuse people. So I have Paperwork Studio at PS Type and then Paperwork Studio, I decided to create a lettering department. That's why Pencil, Pers- Pencil Pushers Lettering Department. Oh man, and that's a dope design too. All that stack script. And then uh, for... PS type. I, I also did uh, create a decoy, which is just the exact same fonts from PS type, just mm-hmm. on a new on a different site because I like the name decoy. Um, so <laughs> you're an interesting like... creature, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, man. You got anything else on the horizon? Any releases of products? Any new typefaces? Any conferences you're going to be at? Anything like that? I have a couple typefaces in the works that I. There's one I'm not sure how to finish, so I'm, I'm still working, figuring it out. Um, I don't know which conference. I was thinking of going to Creative South. Please do. I'm, do it. But it'll be like a month after we move, so I'm, I'm just hoping that I'm like settled in and, and able to. Um, but, yeah, I've only heard good things. So. I, if, <laughs> if I'm supposed to be teaching a workshop, like it's sounding like I might have an early bird ticket up for grabs. Oh, all right. Well, if you do a random drawing, you should choose Mark Canesso as that random person. Consuelo, got it. <laughs> Consuelo, yes, exactly. All right, well, I'll keep in touch with you about that. But, man, anything else? Uh, no, I uh, think man, so. You're going to be like a celebrity when you go to Creative South. I hope you know that. I You, you may not like the attention, but you're going to get it. So uh, maybe you shouldn't go. I don't know. I'm not going to go. All right. <laughs> well, I'll, tell, you know, I'll tell people I'm there, and I just won't actually be there like, oh hey come come say hi i'll be over here you know and like, then go off in the other place gotcha yeah. gotcha decoy decoy cool. exactly cool well thank you so much for being on the yeah. show today with us man i i it's been a treat finally getting to meet you we've had so many exchanges but now we finally this is our first time actually talking it's the first so time talking hopefully first it wasn't time, yeah. awkward no not at all all right good because i don't cool. like when i get super awkward and go on tangents <laughs> and all that shit but you do have pants on right <laughs> Because I don't. I don't either. (laughs) Nah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And have a good one. We'll be in touch. All right. Talk soon. All right. Bye. All right. I hope you got something out of that because I know I definitely did. Getting to finally have a conversation with Mark was awesome awesome definitely on the list of people i've been dying to like talk to for such a long time outside of a micro interaction on social media uh for me it's helped me see that you know i sometimes just limit myself by living on paper or somehow just like digitally on this ipad lately and that there's a whole new world of ways i can create by making something tangible with some depth or you know maybe i'm not pushing things far enough Hopefully you've learned that it's okay to break the rules. Some of these rules out there are put in place for us to break them because they don't make sense. And I'm not talking about going out and murdering someone. So don't do that and said, Scotty said it was okay because I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to be tied to that right now, but break some rules, have some fun with what you're doing, keep playing and keep experimenting and make things that you wish to see. And you never know if that's going to pop off and other people want to see them moving forward. This week's dose of inspiration is none other than the one and only Jeffy Thomas of Cut Ink Studio. 
Jeffy has a distinct style full of playful illustrations combined with an insane amount of detail. He's also a wizard at cutting paper, hence his handle name, Cutting Studio. Along with the skill set, Jeffy is an amazing human, an amazing friend, and a massive supporter of creatives like you and me in the community. You should follow his work on Instagram at Cutting Studio. That's cut as in C-U-T-T-I-N-K-S-T-U-D-I-O. Cut Inc. Studio. If you're enjoying what you hear and you want to support the growth of this show, I have a few ways you can make that happen. The first way is by becoming a backer on patreon.com slash perspective podcast. Not only can you donate per episode with as little as $1, $3, or $5, and someone put it recently, Patrick, he donated because it's basically just a cup of coffee to him a week, which is awesome. I love that. But I also want to hook you up with some rewards so it's a win-win. And the second way you can support the show is for you crypto heads out there. In the show notes for each episode, I'll have the address for Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Litecoin donations if you prefer to go that route. And then finally, you can leave a ratings and review over on iTunes. Please leave the review part. It not only helps the show get discovered, but it gives me an opportunity to give you a nice little thank you plug like this week's rating and review by LSL Walt. And he says... I've been a listener for seven months now, and I'm absolutely hooked on Scotty's podcast. Thank you, dude. Not only is Perspective Collective's content amazing, but the ability to relate is the most attractive part of the show. I found this show at a time where I was making great money at a job I hated. Along with motivating factors, I decided to open up my own design and print shop, and it was the best decision of my life. I can't thank him and his guests enough for doing what they do so that I got the push to do what I do. Straight up respect to the homie Scotty and... Straight up respect to you, the homie LSL Walt. I wish I knew your real name. Sometimes I wish I knew your guys' real name so I could literally reach out and personally thank you outside of this. Thank you so much for taking the time to write that. I'm so stoked you started your own design and print shop, dude. Good for you, and I hope you just crush it in 2018. And as I wrap things up, I need to give a huge thank you to my good friend Nick Jenkins of Bluka for all the dope theme music you hear on this show. Check them out at SoundCloud or Instagram at Bluka, that's B-L-O-O-K-A-H. And as you finish out your week strong, I want to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this. (laughs) 